All right, this morning, we're going to dive into the book of Ephesians. Ephesians is uh, actually a fairly short letter from Paul, but it is so rich and so good. We're going to touch on a couple of different uh, verses today. We'll be starting in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, and then jumping over to uh, chapter 4. We'll sit in chapter 4 for a little bit today. Uh, but Ephesians is just a really, really powerful book. If you've been following along with us in season 2 of Heart Strong, our goal by the end of this season is to finish the New Testament. And so we started in September in the Gospels, got all the way to Acts, and then in January we started in Romans, and now here we are in Ephesians. It has been an absolutely incredible time. And uh, our topic for today is, or our title I should say of the message is this, do you need a change in perspective? Do you need a change in perspective? So much the same as with the book of Romans and First and Second Corinthians, uh, Paul Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus. This is a church that he had established as he was going on his apostolic, apostolic mission and planting all these churches. So he knew these individuals and he was writing to them and asking them to take a different view. A lot of the feedback that he was hearing that as you go through uh, the chapter you'll see is that there's a lot of discussion, there's a lot of discourse, there's a lot of uh, uh, disunity taking place in the church where basically the, the perception of the church in Ephesus was they love Jesus but not really each other. And so Paul was saying, listen, your discourse, there's nothing wrong with your discussions. There's nothing in inherently wrong, but it's the way that you're having them. It's the, it's the inability to find a place of love. It's an inability to find your center. And so Paul is going to challenge them in this letter to change their perspective. Perspectives are so interesting. Anyone here, you've never been on a plane before? Where am I never, you've never flown? That was me until about 18, 19 years old. Uh, my life consisted of Kingston and my cottage in Quebec. And I was good, right? Like Kingston, like hometown, cottage in Quebec, get away. Once the internet came in, like for those of you that, that, that aren't aware, you've only lived with the internet. There was a time where that thing didn't exist. I was there, right? And so, I, like, I remember we would go all of our vacations, all of our holidays. We would spend it at my family's cottage, and uh, that was all that I needed. I had no desire to leave Canada. I didn't want to see any of the world. And then God set me radically free when I was 18 years old and set my, my life on a different path. Uh, little did I know I would meet someone at Bible college that would take me uh, from just loving Canada to loving the world. Basically, Basically, uh, she said, hey, I'm going to go to Europe. And I said, don't leave me. And uh, so Cassie kind of took me on this big wild adventure. But it started with the fact that she lived in Calgary. And I was looking for a place to work over the summer after my first year of Bible college. And her parents found me a job at a cement plant in Calgary. It was really hard work, but it was absolutely amazing. The only problem was Calgary's far. And my parents said, we're not driving you. No, right? And so I was like, I could take a plane. And I did. So I got on my very first plane. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't pre-book any seats for you frequent flyers. You know where this is going. I was by myself in the middle seat. 
Ah, yeah, that's that's the that's the collective sigh that I was looking for. I didn't know, I didn't understand. Cassie didn't give me any heads up. I was just like, I'm coming to see you in Calgary. I'm gonna work there for the summer. And uh, I was sitting in the middle seat, uh, greeted the person on my left, greeted the person on my right. My right. They were probably wondering why I was sweating so much. And uh, I remember uh, from the very first point, as there's something that happens in that moment, right, where the plane begins to take off, and you realize very quickly, wait, God didn't give me wings. Like, what are we about to do? And the nose picks up, right? And it like feels like it's like, like this forever. Never before have I ever been more close to Jesus, right? Like, like physically and spiritually. Like that plane didn't know, but they were good. They were so covered in prayer in that moment, right? I didn't, but I really wanted to just like hold the two hands sitting beside me, right? They were just right there, just owning those hand rests. I was like, I could just, okay, but I didn't. But it wasn't until I looked out the window past the person who was sitting beside me, because heaven forbid I book a window seat for my first flight. Um, but I remember looking past the individual sitting beside me out the window, and for the first time I saw Toronto, I saw the world from a whole different perspective. And it made me realize just how small we are. And it shifted my idea of how big the world is. And I went from a place of not really wanting to see any more than I had seen to now I wanted to see it all. I, I, have, I have desire. One day I'm going to go to Australia, right? Like maybe buy a kangaroo. Like, I don't know. It could get crazy, right? But now I went from this place of being like, you know what? I don't really need more than I have to, whoa, that looks different. I wonder what else is out there. And Paul is challenging the church in Ephesus to do the same thing. He's saying, listen, you're, you're so focused on what it is that you see in front of you. You're so focused in these conversations with the individual that's standing right in front of you that first off, you've missed the primary call of spreading the gospel. What are other people seeing? But more so than that, what about God? And Paul really begins to center the focus of the church in Ephesus on God. He says, listen, I understand what it is that you're going through. I understand that the day-to-day -day environment can be very challenging, but don't miss the big picture. God is at work, and I love the focus of our worship today, that awe-inspiring, that, 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 that ability to take a second and say, wow, God, you're incredible. You are absolutely incredible. So listen to how Paul starts uh, this letter in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Church, blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. This is our story, right? Paul is reminding the church in Ephesus, listen, I understand you've received salvation. You're beginning to uh, create this community and, and Christianity is hard, right? What the church is being asked to wrestle through, for us, it's thousands of years later and we're still wrestling through it. They are at the beginning, the onset of wrestling through where the Holy Spirit is leading them. These are not easy discussions and Paul understands that, but he's saying you're so locked into your discussions that you've forgotten how blessed Blessed we are in Christ. All blessing, all glory, all worship, all honor to God and God alone. Church, we ought to wake up this morning 
And I know we all have plans, and I know we all have ideas. Even coming to church today, right, was something on our minds. We're going to get there. We're going to have that. But let's not miss the opportunity as we're laying in bed, as we open our eyes each and every morning to say, wow, God, wow. God, you know what I have to do today. You know everything that's on my plate, but you are incredible. To take that moment and just breathe him in. It's one of my favorite things about Sundays, right? Is just as we are gathered and the Holy Spirit rests in this place, the atmosphere is different. It's different. Why? Because God makes good on his promises. And he said, if you gather, I will be there. Come on. This is the God that we serve. He is present here in this room. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places is available to us through Christ Jesus. There was a time when we were dead. There was a time when we were enslaved. All of the second chapter of, of, of Ephesians, Paul remarks on this. There was time where we were objects of God's wrath, where we walked with disobedience, where he counted us as enemies, when we were under Satan's dominion. But Christ... For now, we are alive. We are enthroned with him. We are objects of God's grace. We fellowship with Christ and we are united with Christ. This is the church, fearfully and wonderfully made, with purpose and passion. May all of his love be not only felt, but experienced in this place. That we would understand that he is calling us deeper to a clearer understanding of what he wants for the city, of what he wants for our families, of what he wants for our lives. But more so than that, what he truly wants is for us to fall head over heels in love with him. If nothing else, that's more than enough. Every spiritual blessing Paul, as we jump into the fourth chapter, Paul, as he's explaining how crazy this opportunity that we have to know Christ, he begins to get into the question of, are you living up to that higher calling? Do you need that change in perspective this morning? Paul writes this, I, therefore, a prisoner uh, for the Lord, I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace, there is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Let's read that again. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of your calling to which you have been called. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Wow. 
See, Paul isn't talking here about our secondary callings. He's going to get into that in just a minute here in chapter 4. He's going to get into how through the unity that God wants to bring in the body, he has also made us specific and for a purpose. And yes, we have a role to play. And there are different giftings and there are different uh, uh, moves of the spirit that will take place. But before we get into the secondary call, which is God, how am I to do that? He is calling us to the primary call, which is and is alone following Jesus. That is our call to follow Jesus and hold true to his gospel. And to get a little deeper here, we need to understand that Paul is, is writing this letter and he's actually currently under house arrest. He is writing as a prisoner, but he reminds them right at the beginning that even though he may seem as though he's a prisoner uh, in the world's eyes, he's actually more free than anyone could ever possibly hope to imagine. He calls himself at the beginning of that portion of scripture that he is a prisoner of the Lord, even though he may have guards posted outside of his house, even though they may have him chained to the floor. He is not a prisoner to any man. He is not a prisoner to any city. He is not a prisoner in any room. They can put him in chains. They can put him in cells. But he is positionally a prisoner to God and God alone. He will go where God calls him to go. He will speak what God calls him to speak. And he will rest when God calls him to rest. This is Paul's perspective. This is what he's challenging the church in Ephesus to understand. He says, I hear what it is that you're talking about. And while some of it may be good and things that need to be wrestled through, you are not remembering your first and primary call to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And then love your neighbor as yourself. That is what you are called to. You have a higher calling. And church, if we're going to live in that higher calling, then we need to follow after Jesus. Amen? We need to follow after his example. And what did he do? Well, Jesus told his disciples that he did not come to be served, but to serve. And so in order to live a higher calling, you've got to get low. Paul explains to the church in Ephesus that we're all called to one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father. And for better or worse, we're a family, a body. We're in this together. One of my favorite things about Life Center is that we, it's just such a beautiful, beautiful thing that God is doing. Like a lot of what we're talking about, I want to encourage you today, is a reminder that we can go deeper. It's not a challenge for us to start. Like, there is such beautiful unity at, at work here. Uh, it's just absolutely incredible. But also, we carry a very unique footprint uh, where we actually have unity amongst churches, right? Today, we represent Canada, uh, but we also have Life Center family in Orleans. And even though we're here in Canada, we have Life Center family in Cornwall. And so we care about what's taking place in Cornwall. That's a beautiful aspect of what God has called the church here in Life Center to be. Who knows where God is going to place us next? Like, it's just such a beautiful part of what it is that we're called to do. And as a family, as one body, we're called in this together. And it matters how we live together because our gospel and our words and our lives, as we talked about last week, we talked about how the earthen jars, that they are the, that they're, that's the place that God indwells, right? That's where he pours in his spirit. And so what other people see, we're able to witness to them out of our love for one another. 
To live high with one another, let's not forget that Jesus himself got down on his knees and washed the feet of his disciples. If we're truly going to serve one another in this room, we have to be ready to scrub some ugly toes. <laughs> Serving isn't always easy, is it? Think of Jesus in that example that we just gave, knowing full well that Judas would betray him that night. And he didn't say anything. As Judas waited in line and came through, he still washed his feet. It wasn't until they broke bread and had eaten together that he began to reveal what he already knew. What a beautiful image of who we're called to be. That there is a deeper purpose at work, right? And Jesus was living that out. We see that all the way to the Garden of Gethsemane where he said, God, it's not my will, but your will done in me. That is my desire. Church, let, us, let that be our call. Not to be right, but to be Jesus. Not to be loud, but to be full of love. Not to win every argument on social media, but sometimes to just turn it off and walk away. Let's represent who he is. There is a beauty in a posture of humility and gentleness instead of one of, arrog of arrogance and harshness. See, there's differences in the body of Christ, and these are designed by God that we are called to be less so that he can be more. I'm sure many of you can think of different uh, opportunities, different moments in your life where someone stepped in in a place where they didn't need to step in, right? And doesn't it just kind of leave you standing with your mouth wide open when they don't ask anything in return? Well, that's God. Jesus stepped to the cross in a place where he didn't need to step, right? Each and every one of us, we are deserving of the penalty of sin. But God stepped in for us. And does he ask anything in return? No, he gives the gift away for free. It's actually out of a response to his love that our love pours out. This beautiful dynamic of relationship where God says, I am going to love you completely, wholly, and with everything I have. And the way that we are then called to respond by choice is to say, okay, God, I'll do the same. Don't free from sin because of rules. No, we free from sin because our love for God is greater than our love for ourselves. That's different. That's different, right? It's different than just a bunch of rules on a, on a piece of paper saying, hey, follow these. No, that's a relationship with someone where you say, I don't want this to be broken. Because Jesus restored what I couldn't, and I live in that reality, and now everything in my power is to stay right there, as close to God as I can possibly get. <sighs> and we get to do that with each other. There is an opportunity for us to share love. There is an opportunity for us to share kindness. There is an opportunity for us to look at one another and say, hey, I see God in you. Paul begins to describe in, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, 
how we can actually work these out and how the church is, is called to uh, really grow into these different individual places. As we hunger for the love of God to be shown, then we also need to step into our roles that God has called us to step into. So Ephesians chapter 4 says this, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up of the body of Christ. Church, I know that there are individuals here this morning that have been called to be apostles, to share the good news of what God has done. I know that there are individuals in this room that there are just times where God will speak something into your life. Prophets in this room that will know God's will. I think that we're just beginning to touch the surface of equipping the evangelists in this room because there are more in Ottawa who need to know the name of Jesus. There are more shepherds who are called to nurture and protect the flock. And there are more teachers to be raised up to understand and explain God's word. And we will do this in light of what God has called us to do. To not take the things that God has placed in us. And as apostles, we look to spread the good news, not build empires. We are not looking to build the biggest church in Ottawa. No, we are looking to save Ottawa for Christ. I believe that we are just beginning to move. And, and we saw it this morning as, uh, as our sister Sarah got up and, and just shared what it was that God had placed on her, head, on her heart. And Shola goes, wow, it's almost like she knew. Well, yeah, she did. Because the same Holy Spirit that is alive in her is alive in everything that was taking place in this room. It's this beautiful moment, but we, we will not move in the presence of God unconcerned with the needs of others. No, we will move and share what it is that God is moving with a full understanding that collectively, each and every time we're together, there are many different journeys that are taking place today. There are many different hearts that are full of joy, full of grief in this place today. And just as Francesca did with the junior highs, Kanata, we see you, and we know that God is with you. But there are more people to bring into the kingdom of God, and we will not tire in the work of sanctification. We don't simply stop at inviting people to know who God is and then let them go on that journey on their own. No, there is so much more at work. There is a work of ministry to be done in each and every one of us, but done together where we can sit back and look at what God did yesterday and say, wow, six months ago, we had no idea. But look at what he's doing. And look at the relationships that he's building. It's such a beautiful opportunity if you haven't had the chance yet uh, to be a part of a La Vie Boutique Day or uh, to come out on a Tuesday night. We've gotten really good at uh, doing name tags. Like really, really good. Because it's important to know the names of the family that God has called you to walk with. Church, this is a word that you're going to hear us use a lot because I truly believe that God has called us to make sure that this is more than just a buzzword. Right? The term family. We truly do want to live that out. And to the best of our ability, I know the other pastors here on staff would share in this sentiment that this is a desire for us here in Canada. But in moments that we fail, please understand that you are a family. Not because we say so, but because you've been adopted into the family of God.
You belong. You belong. You belong to his kingdom. Prince, princes, every single one, adopted and brought in. This is the God that we serve. This is the shift of perspective that maybe you need today. Maybe you're so focused on what it is that needs doing. Maybe you're so focused on where it is that you're looking for prayer to be answered. Maybe this morning you're so focused on the things that you've been presenting to God, but really you need to just take a deep breath and remember that you have the opportunity to present them to God. Wow! That he sees, yes! That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Where the rest of y'all at, right? (laughs) That was the best. And isn't that what we're called to do? Same Holy Spirit. Don't get it twisted. Four years of Bible college and all the training, all the sermons that I've spoke, but that is truth. And may all of our young people be able to say that for all their lives. And for those of us who are here and we walked with God for a long time, let that be a refresh in your life today. Wow! We can just talk to God. We can just do that. And when we see each other, let us have grace and mercy and forgiveness for one another because each person that you look at, they bear the image of God. Wow! And so we choose... To let go of the right to be right. We choose to let go of petty squabbles and different things because unity is what we're after. Look around this morning at what God is doing here in Canada. He's brought the world here in this room. And may He always be bigger than the things that would try to divide us. Amen? Come on, church. May he always be bigger than the things that try to divide us. Because what a generation that we can raise up and pass the baton to if that is what Canada Life Center is known for. This is a place where Jesus is always bigger than any of those little foxes, than any of those little thorns that try to separate God is so good. Amen? Man. If you don't know him, we invite you in to take that opportunity this morning and reach out. I don't know why you're here today. Maybe a friend brought you. Maybe something just pulled you into the building. But what we talked about today is really what we're running after here in this place. And we're not going to get it right 100% of the time. We're just not. Why? Because they hired me. Like, I just, <laughs> there's going to be times when, when we just don't get it right. But we are going to follow Jesus with everything that we have. That's our commitment. Not to be perfect, but to make sure that he's at the center. And so there'll be times where forgiveness is just what we're going to run after. Joy is what we're going to run after, and faith is going to run. I just can't wait to see the different seasons that God brings us through. But this is a place where you can truly fall in love with God. That's our prayer to keep Him first, our primary call. 
to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength, and to love each other as we would love ourselves. If you have your communion elements today, we get to do a really fun thing in light of this unity message and uh, approach the table of God together. Estros, I just want to thank you, my brother. This morning he came up and uh, I didn't get into this as quickly as I am right now. This guy played for like a half hour behind me. What a blessing. We get to approach the table together and remind ourselves of what Christ has done, is doing, and will always do that he is calling us together. If you haven't received an emblem, you will want one. If you just want to raise a hand, just keep it nice and high. Pastor Sam and and our our greeting team will make sure you get one of those. Just keep it nice and high. Jesus established this fantastic opportunity the same night that he would be betrayed. And it unified him with the disciples and for centuries and centuries and centuries now today we get to join together one accord here today but we also join together as Christians around the world reminding ourselves that we are a part of more than what we see here today God's kingdom is on the move and so today we choose to remember in 1 Corinthians Chapter 11, verse 27, Paul says this, Whoever therefore eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning, the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. This is something that my mother pointed out to me very early on as my dad would be uh, standing at the front doing this portion of communion. And so um, I think it's something that we shouldn't miss, that we want to approach the communion table pure, righteous, redeemed, because that's who our God is. And so I'm going to pray over uh, everyone this morning here and online. And I just encourage you to just pray on your own. Talk to God. Ask him to forgive any sins that you haven't been able to to take to him yet. Or maybe there's things in your lives that you're just unaware of. God can make you pure this morning. Holy as he is holy. Because that's his son alive in us. Let's pray. God, I ask right now that you would continue to unify this body of believers. I thank you, Lord God, for this church. I thank you for everything that you're doing. Thank you, Lord Jesus, uh, for the Bouchers and all of their direction. I just lift them up right now, God. Lord, we present ourselves to you, Lord Jesus, flawed as we are. But God, I know that when you see us, you see your son in us. Hebrews tells us, God, that when you look at us, you see your son That's why you're able to speak. Oh, look at my perfect kids. And so God, I pray right now that you would forgive us of our sin. God, we present ourselves before you. Purify us once again. Lord Jesus, lead us not into temptation, but God, give us the strength to resist. Lord God, I pray that you would make us holy as you are holy. That your righteousness would be with us today. So we ask that in your holy name. Amen. 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 First Corinthians chapter 11, 
Verse 23, Paul says this, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. He'd given thanks. He broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Church, let's remember this morning. Verse 25, in the same way, also he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's remember this morning. God, we praise you. We ask this morning, God, that you would lead us deeper into love for one another and so much deeper into love with you. In Jesus' name, amen.